0: Hey, are you ready to create reliable revenue and master every detail of your hosting business? If you want to avoid compromising all those hospitality details that you love, but still approach hosting like the business it is, we created a free class just for you. Set aside 45 minutes we promise it's worth your time and go watch our value packed workshop where we go over how to master every detail of your hosting business with our foolproof hosting business mastery method that will help you avoid hosting burnout growing we're simply starting your hosting business isn't always easy but it can be simple we'll help you avoid the three big mistakes that are keeping you stuck tired, and overwhelmed as a short-term rental host so that you have a
1: powerful revenue stream you can actually rely on. If you're ready to take your hosting to the next level, head on over to thanksforvisiting.me forward slash workshop to watch this on-demand training. Or send us a DM on Instagram with the word workshop. We'll send you the link and most likely a video. <laughs> DM. we love those. Again, that's thanksforvisiting.me forward slash
2: workshop. You're listening to the Thanks for Visiting podcast. We believe hosting with Heart is at the core of every successful short-term rental. With Annette's background in business operation and Sarah's extensive hospitality management and interior design experience, this dynamic duo has welcomed more than 2,000 guests from 25 countries, earning them over half a million dollars and garnering them over 650 five-star reviews. Now they're ready to share creative ways for your listing to stand out, to serve your guests and be profitable. Each episode will have knowledgeable guests who bring value to the short-term rental industry, or Annette and Sarah will share stories about their own experiences so you can implement actionable improvements to your own rentals. Whether you're experienced, new, or nervous to start your own short-term rental, we promise you'll feel right at home. Here are your hosts, Annette and Sarah. Hey, listeners, welcome back to another
0: great week. I am Sarah Karakayan. I am Annette Grant, and together we are. Thanks, Thanks for, for visiting. visiting. All right. We're going to kick off this episode like we do each and every week, celebrating one of you using our hashtag Sunday. STR, of course, stands for short-term rental. We'll share you on our Instagram on Sunday, but also here on the podcast. Maddie,
1: who are we sharing this week? Ah, uh, Today, we are sharing at WanderChat. W-A-N-D-E-R-C-H-A-T-T. Please give them a follow. Sarah and I are so lucky. We actually just returned yesterday from being able to experience these um, container homes on the side of Lookout Mountain in Rising Fawn, Georgia. It was unbelievable. It really was. We are so thankful. It was Michael Hicks and Tia Hicks. And Michael is in our Hosting Business master. He's one of our members. He was actually on um, one of our episodes previously. Episode 124. And the Instagram just doesn't do it justice. Please give them a follow. But what I really want to, we just want to talk about when you look at their listings, they have um, really woven together an amazing location, with a, an experience of the actual containers. And each container is different. Uh, a different build out, uh, different, different layouts, different amenities. And we just cannot, we, we can't even express how their thought, they paid so much attention to detail. Um, on the property itself, the the physical location, and then on the containers, but we want you to go there, look at them for inspiration. It is something they actually opened up in um, during the pandemic, and they are absolutely just giving people this refuge, if you will. There's no Wi-Fi. There's no TV. Uh, Sarah and I got to... Really, the goal is to enjoy these breathtaking views. And the views are sunrise, sunset during the day. And you. it's possible to just not even leave the property. So we want you to check them out, check out the Instagram, check out their listings. And, be, and these spaces are small but mighty. And they really give an experience to the guests. So we want you to give them a follow. And they've just been really focused on repurposing. Also, they repurposed the containers. They repurposed a lot of things inside from other places that they've flipped or rehabbed. And they just uh, created amazing spaces. They've
0: also made it themselves a, a parameters for when they they want, they have a goal of how many short-term rentals they would like to have, which I love that. And they also have it so they're not just getting any short-term rental opportunity. They have very specific parameters. And listeners, that will help you. I know a lot of you are, they don't know, you don't know where to start or you've started and you're like, well, now what do I do? They for them, it's location and view, or something unique about the property and the stay itself, so the view the actual vessel you're staying in. Everything is unique and different. And so for them, you know, an, an urban stay wouldn't necessarily be in their niche unless there was something unique about the vessel around the human. So let that guide you. Pick something about your brand that you want to stay within that will help you stay niche and stay um, true to some sort of uh, calling for mm-hmm. your short-term rental. So really lovely space. Um, obviously, the attention to detail with the guest
1: as well was really dialed and Mike and Tia made sure we were all taken care of the entire time, which was lovely. Yeah. So give them a follow. And also they have some new properties coming soon. So you're going to want to see what's on the horizon for them.
0: All right. But now on to the educational aspect of this week's episode. Okay, listeners. So last week we, we gave you a recap about our experience at VRMA and we told you we wanted to bring you our favorite uh, speakers that we went and saw and drew inspiration and knowledge from, and today we're going to kick off um, that promise to you with um, this episode. It's all going to it's going to be about uh, revenue, essentially, for the quote unquote rest of us, <laughs> meaning like those of us who don't feel like you know we're revenue experts or, or revenue like, managers or so revenue not a hotel managers, um, but revenue manager. you are, and I know that. Heather Richer is going to help you feel more confident after this episode, moving forward in your business, whether you're, you're managing and hosting one property or many. Um, she is a revenue management and distribution expert with over a decade of experience. She and her team have done revenue management, get this, for hotels, resorts, casinos, restaurants, and they've been focusing on the short-term rental uh, industry for the past three plus years. So Heather, welcome to our show.
3: Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it was great to meet you in person, finally, Sarah, at <laughs> and um, I'm honored to be selected as like one that stood out. And yeah, for me, it's exciting that revenue management is getting some attention in short-term rental because it's an important discipline. And yeah, I think we're all learning together. I mean, that's really where the truth too is that it's new to everyone. So we're we're figuring it out together. And I'm excited to kind of bring my team's expertise to the space to figure it all out. We are so, going
0: to unpack
3: yeah. a lot.
0: We So we have a membership, Heather. It's hosting Business Mastery. And this is where we really get to connect with listeners who have joined our membership. And we get to hear... All the thoughts that are going on in their head as it relates to revenue management, and so I'm going to really bring to you all of their concerns, their mm-hmm. fears, their what's holding them back. But before we get to all that, I gave a really quick snippet about you and um, what makes you an expert. But if you don't mind sharing with our listeners your background with all of these different um, revenue streams that you that you've managed over the past years, how did you get into this, and what if, what, what what brought you to the short term rental industry
3: now? Sure, sure. So um I, yeah, I grew up in hotels. Um a few years ago, I left the hotel world for short-term rental and um, I was vice president of revenue and distribution for Kimpton Hotels and Restaurants. And then I moved on to be the CMO of Red Awning. Some of you may know Red Awning. Red Awning is a technology marketing platform, a connectivity solution for short-term rental vacation rental. So that really helped me get like a broad view of just kind of how technology works in the space and also an understanding of like where revenue management was even three years ago and where the technology and the data was three years ago. So fast forward to today, um, I've launched Virtual Logic with my partner and are really working with all the data providers in the space, all the revenue management pricing tools in the space. Mm-hmm tell people navigate like what's the best fit solution for you and how do you use all of this to be more sophisticated about your pricing drive top line revenue and like beat your competition mm-hmm. you know I that's, like that. that's the goal
1: and i'm going to like bring this like m- way back down to what someone just getting started or you know using the the otas like airbnb or verbo Revenue management from that view is smart pricing. You know, let's let Airbnb or Verbo, let's use their smart pricing. It's gonna help us get our occupancy rate up. And and listeners, honestly, when Sarah and I both got started, I had no idea what OTA was. I had no idea what occupancy rate was. I didn't know what um man like revenue management. I just thought was, I, if any of you know me well, I set one. Price for Monday through Friday, and another one for <laughs> Saturday, Sunday, or maybe Friday, Saturday. It was, and they were the same. It didn't matter if it was September, October, November. I had no clue, but you're making money and you don't know what your competition is really doing. You know, you can kind of see. And so, that revenue management was not even anything on the radar. So if you're listening to this, don't don't be discouraged of, of not knowing some of the lingo. Hold hold tight with us because you will you will see in the future smart pricing. And then you're going to start to learn more and learn about dynamic pricing and then these pricing tools. So let's let's start, let's start with there of like how can our listeners even think about revenue management for their home or their portfolio of homes. What's that starting point for them in, reven- in yeah. revenue management? Because everyone's wearing... They're wearing the housekeeping hat. They're wearing the guest um, communications hat. If they put on the revenue management hat, where should they even start? And doesn't Airbnb <laughs> and Verbo doesn't it just take
0: care of it for them, right, are- <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, I guess I'll say this up front. So any... Um, channels are great for a lot of things, right? They're a marketing platform. You're on the shelf to the customer, but always keep in mind, right? Those platforms are doing what's going to make them the most money, which doesn't always match with what is right for you to make the most money for you. So I don't want to say they're bad or good, but it's worth just remembering that, right? That's just kind of like corporate corporate America kind of thing. So um, those tools are there. They can be helpful, but. There are also just so many other options, you know, available for us today. But to get started, you know, and uh, to answer that question, and I love your example of like you said, well, there's weekday and weekend and I'll just set this pricing. I'll start here. Um, And then you started, it sounds like over time, to get more sophisticated about seasons and Mm -hmm. understanding different months of the year. Um, so really, the very first thing you can do is um, get access to all your market events. Maybe you want to follow the convention bureau um, or there's, you know, other uh, destination management, your, the DMO in your, in your market. Um, maybe there's no events because you're so rural. It's really not about that. Um, and so you don't have that level of complexity. But you'd want to lay out the year. Right. So think about your resources and ask yourself questions around what is like a 12 month period look like for me. And then um, you learn over time. Right. You can test things. So if you're just manually dealing with with rates and you, and you want to set up the year and that is a best practice to have like a rolling 12 month view of your rates, right? Because you start to see your booking window and, you know, understand like when people are booking so that you're there when there's a lot of demand um, and understand that what's called a booking curve, right? Like your price for when people are booking at the best price possible. The other thing, then you might start to test the length of stay restrictions. And with COVID, that's been interesting too. People have been testing new things and seeing really great results at times. Um, so there's, I think in general though, to answer your question, I guess it's take a stab at understanding the next 12 months, map it out. And it literally is like an Excel workbook of like the day by day, but that is what I'm recommending. Okay. So you have a whole deal of it.
0: So by view of it, do you mean for the next, na- you know, if you, especially if you're new to hosting or maybe you have a year or two under your belt, go either to your history of stays and and, and write it all down. What if you're new? Do you, do you map out the next 12 months ahead of you and just take your best guess? And by looking at other competitors that are nearby you and offer the same amenities and bedrooms and bathrooms?
3: Yeah. So that, that is what I mean. Like you're mapping out holidays, right? Maybe you have no events, but you want to just be able to say, like, okay, 4th of, July, 4th of July is on a Saturday this year, right? Or 4th of July is on a Wednesday, right? Or like you, you just map it all out and you see, um, how everything lays out for your market. If you have historical, it would be good to layer in like, did I book or not, and what rate did I get? But the future might also look really different than the past for you, right? With COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, having market input to your decision is important. So maybe you don't follow the market exactly, but if you can get your hands on what rates are available into the future. Um, you're just going to have a, a better sense of where you can be. And, you know, how smart is your market pricing is another question, right? Like, are they changing rates frequently? And um, who is your who is your competition? So that's where it starts to get a little more complicated. But at least understanding the general view of like, I'm, I mean, what we see a lot, right, is like, I'm a two-bedroom condo in a pretty big market. There's a lot of competition, right? If that's kind of where you fit in. So maybe there's more price sensitivity and you'll start to learn that over time. But maybe you're like a huge luxury home and there's not many of them, right? And so you can think differently because your competition is not as fierce Mm -hmm. in your market. You really stand out. But all that would be kind of input to how you think about laying out your calendar and, and looking at who your competition is and where they're priced at.
1: How, oh, when it comes to revenue management, though, you're saying look at the whole year. Do you have any suggestions on how far in advance to open up your calendar to maximize your profits? So,
3: I this is a good conversation because I think it can vary. Some folks say, "Well, I'm a large home; like people are booking more than twelve months out." Our general rule of thumb is: if people are booking twelve months out, like they're you know, there's something going on, maybe it's an event or it's a special event, like some kind of anniversary for them. And their maybe their willingness to pay is different, right? Mm-hmm. If you're like shopping that far in advance. So our rule of thumb is 12 months typically covers it. And so every month roll in the next month. Okay, got it. And um, if you want to block out dates, because you're like, I don't want to undersell myself, block those days out, like that's fine. Um, but try to always like keep rolling in the next month to have 12 available. Have you
0: seen human behavior and 12 months? So I guess what I mean is people are still leveraging a more flexible cancellation policy, whether it's crazy flexible or moderate. I feel like people have loosened up in terms of um, flexibility because of Post COVID, or we're still in COVID, however you want to look at that. Um, And people are definitely, businesses are definitely uh, bowing to the traveler and being there for them so that they can make their travel very flexible. How does that relate to booking out a year in advance and then someone cancels on you three months before they're due to arrive? They're within their moderate cancellation policy, then you put your place back on the market. Does that influence the pricing? The year out, and then when you put it back on the marketplace, where, then where does that pricing stand? Did we lose money? Are, we, are you seeing human behavior where they're still willing to pay that same amount three months out? How does that play into today's pricing?
3: Yeah, cancel policy is a revenue management lever. That's a really good question because um, it's true, right? And um, cancel policy can impact a person's willingness to pay. So you have to kind of test and weigh your own risk right like if you know my booking window is typically 30 days out if i dabble in a cancel policy that's gives money back within 30 i have a less a chance i'm going to be able to resell mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know then maybe that's not the right fit for you another way you could evaluate is what's um considered fair in your market like shop around do is like everybody else doing flex cancel because then you might really put yourself at a disadvantage like that two-bedroom condo example if competition is fierce and it appears that like over half of the rest of the two-bed condos have super flexible if you don't you you know you may be at a real disadvantage so um, there's no no exact answer i think but there's questions you should ask to evaluate like the risk you're willing to take and also what is kind of the likelihood of cancel and resell based on how you've structured your policy.
0: Let's talk about the hosts out there who, you know, they're just on they're on one OTA, they're on Airbnb. And Airbnb offers their sprite their smart pricing tool. Like you said at the beginning of this episode, Airbnb is going to do what's best for Airbnb and we don't always have the answer as to why they decide on a certain price point for their smart pricing tool what can a newer host do when they want to use a smart pricing tool because we've also been told that if we use this product Airbnb might favor our listing on their right on how they present it to potential guests so we want to use a smart pricing tool have smart smart pricing on so that we can be shown to more guests and if so how do we then use the information they give us or or do you think just don't even use that. It's it's not gonna, it's not gonna help you. And you still need to do your own your own homework and research to price your place accordingly.
3: Oh, well, this is a good question. <laughs> and I um I don't want to say anything like negative about Airbnb related to this. And I like going back to, you know, they they're designing things and putting in tools to drive more revenue through their channel, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um so to your point about like does it give you preferred placement placement and you know that's good um but maybe as with any technology it's only going to work for you as well as you configure it so to really think about what kind of length of stay restrictions can you put or can you put floor rates or minimum rates and what are your options for like really putting things in place to make sure you're personally comfortable with what it's going to do before you like let it loose, you know? (laughs) And that is a side business for them kind of thing, right? Like they've built that functionality into their, you know, channel offerings. Um, But there's other technology there where that's all they do. Their core business is building a pricing algorithm to maximize revenue for you you know, and, and so it's just something to think about. I'm I'm not saying it's bad, but um, it's just keep all that in mind if you're going to turn it on.
0: Right. Right. We agree with you 1000% that, you know, we wouldn't, Annette and I wouldn't be sitting here without Airbnb, right? We were very much at one point, it was this great opportunity for us to get into this space uh, and get our properties in front of, I mean, thousands of eyes. So we are, we are, we will always be fans, right? But at the same time, now that we're learning and and growing and we know more and there's more tools out there, we also agree with you that just because they have a smart pricing tool and they might promise a certain sort of placement to still, you still have to keep track and you still have to pay attention to where you're selling your property, how many nights you're selling a month.
1: Um, And knowing you need to know your numbers. (laughs) Like there was a lot of times... Like, smart pricing, like, it just, I, I we encourage you, listeners, you have got to have um, what Heather just said, like, this floor price. Like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) I'm not going to go below this price because you could actually be honestly paying for the guest to stay with you, depending on knowing what your nightly rate, you know, what that reservation is going to cost you. And if you haven't watched Sarah and I's workshop, please watch it because we talk about, you need to know what that nightly reservation is going to cost you in your property. Because if you go below that, you're actually paying for the guest to stay there. So it is so vital that you know that number and what that floor is for you. And, you, you know, we're going to say this, there really isn't a reason to ever go below that. And so if you see that smart, smart pricing tools on the OTAs, or even if you use a second, like another technology in there, you've got to know... What's best for your property and your business. So, uh, what I'm saying here is, take a look at those, but know your numbers better than what they will. And they, you know, you know what your property offers um, more than what the OTAs or you know the Airbnb verbos of the world are going to know. So, we want to make it very clear that. You should know your numbers and you should know them best and get the, set that floor. No, set that floor pricing and just feel really good about it. And because this is going to happen too, where guests are going to want to negotiate price with you, and you should have that number before those negotiations start. So you don't feel like, oh, okay, this one time. No, just put that number down, know what that number is, and just like. Stay really like steadfast in knowing that, like, no, even if I give them a special offer, it's not going to below go below this nightly this nightly rate.
3: Well, and maybe I'll offer because the you're, where you're kind of going, maybe, and that is the different levers, right? Because you might be like, well, I'm at my floor. Like, what else do I do to like get a booking? Mm-hmm. And that's when you get into like merchandising and content, and that's why revenue management and distribution go hand in hand, right? Because like. You can say, I have a rational price, but if you get a bad review or um, your content or your images aren't great, um, there's a disconnect, right? The guests won't see the perceived value. So what you're saying, another option could be, um, I'm, I'm at my floor rate. I'm not getting bookings or my page placement isn't where I need it to be. There are other levers on Airbnb, like those custom promotions, Where maybe you say, I'm not going to just lower my rate. I'm going to actually add um, promotions, right? Which includes that extra merchandise. So I'm going to go build a custom promotion and lower my rate through that mechanism, which comes with other things, right? To maybe include it in email offers and other types of um, promotional tagging on the channel. So,
1: are you also, when you're saying the promotions, are you also talking like, hey, maybe I'll offer a discount if they're staying, oh, you know, a month or a week? Like, there are some levers, like you're saying, to, to add those promos in to,
3: to that type of um, pricing, you know, revenue exactly, management. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Right. And that's a really important thing to understand that lowering price alone is not a form of promotion. Mm-hmm. Right. You want to have accurate pricing, but promotion means you're getting something extra like merchandising, tagging, enhanced descriptions, something. And Verbo and Airbn have like different ways they let you do that, different levers. Um, but there was that recent press release that Airbnb kind of came out to say we're gonna be building more things like this similar to what booking.com has. So I think it's a space to watch. Like I think they're gonna, we're gonna see the channels like continue to develop these types of levers.
1: Okay. And when you say merchandising, can you like explain, can you like dig a little deeper into that and explain that for us?
3: Yeah. So um, if you're familiar with that Airbnb custom promo mechanism, um, they kind of tell you too, like if you discount something like 10%, you're going to get maybe a boost in page placement. But, and then there's like levels, if you do 20%, you um, could get included in our email offer Mm -hmm. that goes out, something like that. So, they are rewarding you by t- you telling them i'm going to run this offer and maybe that means as you're scrolling through you see a little tag next to your listing or you mm-hmm. have just bumped from page 20 to page 1 you know and that's like what the merchandising is mm-hmm. um, and then like yeah getting included in an email could be considered like merchandising right
1: and and listeners what i and heather you can correct me if i'm wrong but when you're saying like included in the emails i don't know how often Listeners, you actually look for Airbnbs. Like, if you look at an Airbnb about a minute later, you're going to get that retargeting email of, we saw you were looking at places in, you know, Santa Barbara. Here are are some places you might like to stay that would be probably, you know... Your two bedroom, whatever you were looking for, and then say, "Hey, they have a special offer of ten percent off during the dates you were viewing." Um, but that's that's something that Airbnb does a lot of retargeting immediately yeah. once you're um, viewing spaces. And if you didn't know that, listeners had like go in and start looking at other properties in other cities and watch the way those retargeting emails come in, and you can get an idea of that distribution and merchandising that the other um, listings are doing. Heather, when
0: is a good time to to do a promotion on uh, on a channel manager? Is it you know two weeks out and you you have some weekdays available and then you give that ten percent off and you're still not at your base? Is that kind of like the goal, or when when do we when do we go to promotions?
3: Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good one. Okay, so um, your strategy is only as good as your forecast, right? So like, you can have an, if you have an accurate forecast, you can have an accurate strategy. So the simplest way, way might be, I am going to have a really hard time, se- like in a ski destination, it's like, I'm going to have a really hard time selling September <laughs> or October, right? Like, you just know that. Right. You're in a ski destination, it's really hard. And the whole market might be at 10% occupancy for like those weeks. Because like restaurants shut down or something, right? Like Yeah. Um, So if you know that in January, February, March, it's like, what do you want to do? Like run some promotions. Who are those 10% of people? Is it the 30 nights day? Is it the like person going to a wedding? Like whoever it is, like they're hard to find. (laughs) So what are all the things you can do to make sure you get them? Um, And so I might say like, okay, you've identified those periods. Like go ahead and think about pulling those levers earlier.
1: Okay.
3: Right. Um, But for other periods, you might say, I should be able to fill and I know I can get this rate. And so you're not, you know, you're just thinking about like yielding rates maybe because there's more demand. But then maybe you get two weeks out to, you know, that point, right? And you're like, wow, I haven't sold this yet. And maybe I, I did price too high. I made a mistake and now I'm dropping rate. Um, but I'm still not selling because maybe that whole event canceled, right? So everybody's dropping rates. So then you might say, well, now two weeks out, it makes sense for me to like do extra promotional levers. So I think there's different scenarios that could lead you to different timing. And Long the, answer.
0: No. But. Yeah. And, the, and the, I think the important thing too is, and correct me if I'm wrong is to document this. I, there isn't great documentation provided to you by at least to Airbnb. So my team, we have a spreadsheet where we make sure we write down the the, the frame of which the pricing went to like weekday, weekend, um, and our occupancy rate for that month. And we just have a running spreadsheet because we've learned that Airbnb won't tell you your history very well once it's come and gone.
1: mm mm-hmm.
3: Okay. Yeah, it's hard to see. You can see how your promotion, like if your promotion has had views and bookings, but it is also hard to see like once it's passed. Mm-hmm. There's some, some things that are a little tricky to navigate. I, I agree with you. Yeah.
1: All right. So we want to, let's, we have a lot of our listeners, even members in our group and our community that they're starting to utilize technology to partner with them on revenue management. So can you give us some advice on how we can use that technology to, to help us with our revenue
0: Well, Heather, management? we just sign up for it and then we just plug in a base number and then that's good, right? Yeah. We just, so, it just does it for us. <laughs> is that how that works? <laughs> and then you just walk away. Yeah, and, and then ready. we make
1: a lot of money. No, hey, we're laughing at this, but listeners, seriously, this is not a set it and forget it. Pricing is not... Sarah ever. and I just got... Ever. Like, we ever, just ever, had a ever. long conversation about this of you, this is your business. Numbers should be the first thing that, you know, yes, we got to make sure the shampoos and conditioners are full. And we have the soft, you know, fluffy pillows and sheets, but like, ah, you've got to be paying attention to, to these numbers. So how, could, how can we like use that technology though to be our partner, Heather, and not feel like we're resistant or we, you know, that we're not sophisticated enough to use it. How can we start to step into the technology and partner along with it to, to help us increase our revenue?
3: So, you know, we talked about at the beginning, those basic setup things of like, you have a spreadsheet and your events and you understand the whole year and you've looked at who your competition might be. Like you get the landscape. You should do that regardless if you have technology or not. um, Because then you can go in and you can validate um, and tell the system, hey, this is an event and I believe it's going to be really busy, but you don't see that yet in the data, right? So I'm going to tell you. And that means you might have to go in and like, Maybe put an override or just create that like event period, whatever the you know mechanism is, all of the revenue management systems have that. So you still have to take control and like configure it appropriately. Mm-hmm. And then um, once you do that, you should be able to just manage exceptions. You know, it should, it should really take away time um, or give you time back. But managing exceptions should still look like. Once a week or at least every other week that you're putting your eyes on the you know output and recommended rates and just making sure that makes sense to you, right, and maybe you'll say, "I think I can go higher on rate right here," or maybe you'll say, "I think this is you know too high, and I want to lower it now. It's not going to be that busy of a period um, but you should you know dig into it too because. If the system is recommending a higher rate that you're not sure you could get, why is it like maybe the market occupancy is really building more than you think. Mm-hmm. And then if you look at a little deeper, you might say like, all right, I'm going to try to leave my rate that high and like, see if I can get it. And that comes back to your risk tolerance too, right? But ultimately still putting your eyes on it and, um, just validating doing what you want. Um, And the real value is remember, those systems are updating every night for the next 365 days. It's not humanly possible to do that on your own. And that's the difference between like getting that 20 bucks more on a unit, that you wouldn't have been able to raise your rates fast enough to get that extra 20 bucks. Right. And so um, when you think about it that way, if managed properly, you should be able to drive more revenue using technology, but technology plus human combined, right? Okay, right.
0: And listeners, in case you're super new, so by technology, these are third-party platforms, websites that you can subscribe to. They do cost some money, but ideally you'll make that back super fast as Mm -hmm. long as you work with the technology. But there's different brands out there. They all are about the same price. Some of them are a flat rate. Some of them are a percentage of the revenue that you make with them. But Heather, so then should do you recommend the smaller host, I mean like the people who manage one property, two, three, should they leverage these technologies or should they just stick with the um online travel agency's built-in technology?
3: Yeah, I know. Um I didn't mention this in the beginning, but um, I'm also involved with the Association for Short Term Rental Homeowners. And so um it's exactly the audience, right, folks that are entrepreneurs with one to five homes. And so um, when I'm engaging with that audience and, with, and when we talk to technology partners, there's a, there are technology partners in the space and they're focused on building tools for you, like the you know, one to five short-term rental homeowner. So yeah, don't think it's like technology is just for like these huge property management companies. They're out, and it wasn't that way five years ago, right? Like it's now more than ever, there's like an easy, affordable solution. So I would say, yeah, explore it, and you might be surprised, right? For a very small amount per month per property, um, you can get some great help. Mm-hmm. And we'll um,
1: listeners, yeah. we'll tag some of those pricing tools in in the show notes for you to for you to look at and kind of um, decipher that. And I have a I have a question that I feel like a lot of people ask us: Don't I want to be a hundred percent booked? What is well, it, are, if I'm the yeah. revenue, if I am my revenue manager, I would think that I'd have on my desk, I want to be at a hundred percent occupancy because that means I'm getting a hundred percent of my potential revenue. Is that the goal
3: or is that
1: dangerous? What do you say oh, to that? So that
3: is, um, if you take, that's a term called sellout efficiency. Ooh, I've never sell, heard of that. Okay, sellout. Yeah, I want to sell every night of the whole year, all the time, no matter what. Okay. That, that is my goal. And that means I'm taking one-nighters. Mm-hmm. I'm like really pulling levers to like fill every night. Um, but not everyone is like wants that because you also want to be able to get into the property, do deep cleaning, maintain things, maybe just have a personal breather. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, So that's, that's not necessarily like wrong. But I would say you wouldn't want to... Anybody can sell out their property if they charge $25 a night too, right? So, let's, Right. <laughs> sure, I can tell you I sell it all the time. But um, the the goal is to find the balance that um, drives the highest revenue for you. And that is the highest occupancy and the highest um, rate to drive what's called REVPAR, Revenue Per Available Rental. So it's, it is a balance of those two. And then your personal goals, obviously overlying that.
1: If I've
0: been in business for 15, 20 years, I've been doing this for a while, Heather, am I still, is my, is my pricing still a work in progress? Is this always just going to be something I have to work on and manage and massage?
3: Yes. And you know, one of the reasons too, is because the market is always changing. Right. And, um, I think one of the things I think that's most fascinating about short-term rental is how fluid supply is. Mm. Like inventory comes and goes. Like some people will put their unit on for two weeks over the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you've got new competition, right? For that period of time. So it's really fascinating to me how like who your competition is, is like so constantly changing. That's a great point. I would say how much a dull moment. <laughs> how much do you think
0: so? I know people think of revenue management, think of numbers. They think of spreadsheets, they might think of percentages, decimal points, right? All Occupancy those Occupancy rates, uh, yeah. rates. Yeah, sure. How much does your product come into play? with revenue management. We heard a stat from someone who reached out to us. They wanted us to design one of their short-term rentals in Nashville. And he said, and you know, I, don't, I didn't know him from Adam, but he said, I did a, I did a study. And um, if our places stand out design-wise, we will book 50% more at a higher rate than if we don't. Do you find those stats to be true? Like, do do places that are that stand out, that are unique, that are beautiful online with great pictures, does all that really play into pricing, or is it simply, um, is there enough people who want to book a really simple place with a roof over their head versus people who are looking for a beautiful space? Talk to us about that and how it plays into revenue management.
3: Yeah. So, I mean, if you think about it, you're you're building a um, a brand of one, right? So. Because branding isn't a, as, I guess, like easy to wrap your head around in short-term rental. Like, I'll just use hotels as a comparison. That's probably yeah. just the easiest one, right? Like, you know that the courtyard is going to cost you less than the Ritz, mm-hmm. right? Or like the Holiday Inn versus um, the W. So there's so- certain things about like brand that... Um, people have perceived value to and they have an expectation of like service. So those design features and things is your brand, right? And like people will pay more for what they perceive as like this luxury brand. So I don't know, like if that's kind of the reason why, but I've, I've been in conversations where we've talked about that, right? Like if you think like, this is what I'm doing, I'm building a brand of one and I'm going to build a luxury brand that has like all these touch points and like these gorgeous linens, um, that yeah, people will see that and go, oh yeah, I'm going to pay more for that. You
0: know? Yeah. It's interesting. I think a lot of our listeners, they get into it because they love the interiors. They love sharing beautiful spaces. Mm -hmm. They love being unique with their properties. And they want to know that all that work isn't going to be for nothing, that people will pay for it. And I think it, it's a support of, Um, still understanding where your marketplace is and would your marketplace support a W hotel? Would Mm -hmm. it support a Ritz-Carlton? Yeah, totally.
3: Because you don't
0: know those, those, there aren't those hotels everywhere in every market and that's probably for very good reason. But that doesn't mean you can't have a great higher end space for your marketplace, but just to play that card smart.
3: It's so funny that there's in hotels, what you're talking about too, is something called cost per key. And so there's this whole performa exercise of like, what is the kind of rate that willingness to pay and like who are the customers coming into this market? Mm-hmm. And so you model it out so you don't overspend.
1: Mm. Right. Ooh, cost per okay, so, that makes That makes sense because I feel like I know myself, even Sarah, everyone, like value is so subjective and then it's also about like we put a lot of our money mindset or the way that we like perceive value under ourselves. So sometimes it's like, I'm sure there's people looking on Airbnb when they set their price range, you know, how much they want to spend. Like some of them, it might start at $500 a night. Mm -hmm. It might start at $50 a night. And so sometimes it's very hard to like take your money mindset (laughs) and set it aside to see, you know, who is coming to your area and what they could or they could afford or they want to spend on these accommodations. So, you know, sometimes I, I look at, places that's, yeah, oh my, like, it's like, oh, it's $1,200 a night. But I'm like, oh, well, it sleeps 20 people. Like, do the math. That's not very expensive. <laughs> it's like, right. or if it's 600 bucks a night and it's a room for two, like, that's where you really have to kind of step away for a second and do some of that math where it's like, well, oh my gosh, I, I can't imagine 1200 bucks for 20 people. That's that's a great deal at the end of yeah. the day. I think, you know, if you break it down per per person. It's an interesting exercise to kind of like look at those nightly rates for sure. I yeah. have a, I have a question and you put this on um, your intake form, which I think is great. And I want our listeners to kind of get their notes out right now. What are these top things? Because I'm going to admit, we, we, we have a lot of hosts that we interact with and they probably are not looking at this daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly. Can you give us like... Give okay. us some homework, we're heading, <laughs> we're heading in... We're in Q4. We're heading into 2022. People know they like, like, really want to know their numbers. What are those top things, like you said, daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, that they can just like, feel really confident if they're taking care of those for their business?
3: So, I mean, daily could be a lot if you just have one property. Um, but if you have maybe five or more, you might want to like, have a process of looking at daily pickup. So daily pickup is the concept of from yesterday to today, what reservations did I get? And look at them in terms of the calendar and think about them in terms of the calendar. Right. And so um, it's just you putting your eye in it and thinking like, was that rate what I wanted it to be? And when you're, if you have like five or more and you're looking at a daily, then you might go, Oh, I, that's a trigger for me. I want to like look at my price on those other properties on that day or like is there an event that I missed? Mm-hmm. right? You just if you have one property, maybe that isn't as important to do every day, right? You're not necessarily getting a booking every day, right. Um, but that process of looking at it weekly is still valid, right? Okay. This just like from in the last seven days, what was my pickup? Where did those reservations land? How's my summer? How is my you know October looking, right? And you're you're starting to just you have that sense and you're learning. And then I would say monthly is that, and weekly, obviously too, right? Looking at your revenue management system and like going through each month, looking at rates, reminding yourself when the events are, and then looking for those outliers. Like what is standing out to me? Is anything look off? Um, Monthly would be rolling in the next month. And so you're making sure that you've um, proactively looked at events, holidays, and then you open the next month. Um, Because the worst thing is if somehow that's on autopilot and it opens up and then you get a booking at a a rate way lower than you should have because you forgot to put an event in or note the holiday or whatever, right? Because the system just doesn't necessarily know, doesn't have that data yet.
0: And That's important Um, too that listeners... Even, so Heather, you're saying even if you leverage a third-party dynamic pricing platform that you're going to pay a subscription for, that is leveraging data, it's digging into data, and that's
3: coming from where, Heather? It's coming from hotels and other short-term rentals? Um, They're they're different. I mean, you could, depending on the system, they may tell you they're using hotel data as well to inform their algorithm. Um, some say they do it. They dial up or dial it down depending on how relevant the hotel pricing is to you. Like if you're in a market that doesn't really have much hotel supply. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it's kind of like validating that their algorithm is working for you. But remember, their algorithm is working based on what they see happening in the market.
1: Mm.
3: So if, you know, 12 months from now, there's a marathon and there is no, there's really very little occupancy on the books in the market. Um, you could just happen to be the first home, right? Like to get that booking over marathon at a rate that was too low. And so you want to tell the system in advance because it may not have picked it up yet.
0: Uh-huh. Yes. And that's in listeners, that's where a lot of you come to us in our DMs or if you're in our if you're in our uh, membership where you're like, well, it's not working. This pricing's
1: too low. Well, it no one knows your property. There hasn't, like been, you, and do. There hasn't been a trigger event yet, you know. Okay. I, I know when I first got started, I would I was looking at the the like best located hotels. And they would have these weekends already booked out because on Airbnb, you're like, I don't know, is that their personal home? Are they staying there? But on the hotels, I was like, why in the world is there like this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in February booked? And I would, like you said, I would go to our convention center and be like, oh, there's some crazy convention in town. And they're booked, you know? So that's where you do start, you need to be very aware that there are a lot of things going on in your town that you may not ever know about. Like, Heather say, marathons, there could be weddings, there could be family reunions, there could be graduations of um, high school, college, Uh, there could be theater, there could be concerts, because that's another thing that would happen too. Uh, Like concert, obviously we're in a kind of a different time right now, but sporting events and concerts, like a random Wednesday night, you're like, oh, like the biggest pop Person, like Justin Bieber's in town and like everybody from And you're not a Bieber us.
0: fan and you right. not And
1: you're like, oh my <laughs> gosh, I could have charged. You're like, these people are, you know, they're bringing their kids in for their first concert ever and I charged them a hundred bucks. You know, like that's where like you really have to have your pulse and, um, you know, not just on your property, but pull from all of those different places in your city. Get really tight with if you have a convention center, if you have any theaters, like what Heather's saying, like get that calendar out and start bookmark to write those, those down. Your, bookmark those on your, like I have a little drop down, Heather,
0: of, um, of like all my short-term rental tools. And on there is one that has like, they call it Explore Columbus. And it has all the dates of most of the activities. Mm -hmm. And the rare, the random activities too, that I would, you know, I think is kind of random, but it draws these... This, these big
1: crowds. Like, we just had a World Cup um, qualifier here on a Tuesday night, like an international event, and, you know, like stuff like that, where it's like, oh my gosh, like help your business out. Like, you're responsible to know those things that are, and it's not um, that are going on. It's not your dynamic
3: pricing software necessarily, it's job to know. That. Right. <laughs> exactly. right. And, it, it, and it will, as it picks up on that, there's demand happening in the market. Mm-hmm. But until it sees that, You you want to get ahead of it, right? Right, right. And and if you can tell the system, um, it's better. If if we had if we let's say that let's say there was
0: that World Cup qualifier, okay, and that we knew about it and we priced appropriately, but then we got a cancellation, Heather, and then Airbnb pops it back on to the calendar opens up and it's back on there. Do we go back into our smart price, our dynamic pricing software and see where they think our listing fits now? Are we more, do we have a better price because now we're closer to the date? Are we, can we still be more expensive? Like how, how do you work with like a cancellation? You're back in the marketplace. Yeah. What, What is, what is the, how are travelers doing that these days with, you know, on the heels of the pandemic?
3: Yeah, I mean it is an opportunity for you to like just reset and say, okay, based on what inventory is left in the market and current pricing on the market, where should I be? And you really should try to disregard what you sold it at. Ah uh, before. That's hard though. That's hard. It is. I know. It's really because <laughs> <laughs> you're like, but if you want to get it sold, the better way is to just take a fresh approach, right? And just say, based on this existing climate, what do I need to do? Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, and that cause that's that's also the thing is how can we detach from that and just look at it as the data there? Like how how can we detach from that <laughs> my place deserves <laughs> this amount? Yeah, that awesome reservation we had and then we're trying to like piece it back together. Is is it just you gotta like let it go? You gotta shake it out. <laughs>
3: I mean, ideally, the, the good, hopefully you see this more than not, is that you've gotten that inventory back and it isn't, en- there is enough demand that you actually can price higher. Okay. And that's the appropriate thing to do. But if for some reason, it's a weekend that's, or, you know, a time where it's not shaping up to what you had thought, and maybe they cancel because they found something lower, right? Like they were actually oh, shopping. Shoot, I never even thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's just that's wrong. That's wrong. Then it's you know and that's, that's where the, like having a stricter cancel would protect you from yeah. something like that. I and mean, you're always like weighing your risk, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So Heather, you said you
0: you came from the hotel world. So does that mean hotels, while they leverage technology, and they have a lot more money than us as short term rental owners? Are they are there's real humans behind their pricing strategies too that we see on their websites and on on the, those discount websites? Like, is it is it for them too? Is it just as much as um, trial error data tracking and 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 seeing what they can get,
3: yeah, I mean there, and that's what's so interesting to me is like it is a discipline in the industry, right, like revenue management distribution there's like teams of people deployed to doing this, and there's like real return on the investment to having people dedicated to paying attention to it. Mm. And so, yeah, I think the discipline has only gotten more sophisticated. And we always say like airlines are ahead of hotels too. So like you think about Mm. how fast paced Ah. um, airlines move and there's people behind all of that, but there's even like more advanced technology and then, you know, hotels and short term rentals, you know, we're, we're getting more sophisticated every day. So there's, there's people behind it at every level.
0: So this is a weird question. And so should we also like go to, you know, Google flights and see like, it's, this is, priced higher. You should wait. Like, could that tell a story for us short-term rental owners? So now you're
3: talking about top-of-funnel data. Ooh. Like, tofu. I tofu. Top-of-funnel. top I learned that this week. <laughs> <laughs> tofu. Top-of-funnel. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, that can be an indicator of demand for lodging, for sure. Mm. Right? And especially in island destinations. Because if you... And like, I know there's been more like attention around that because like they took away flights and then like they bring back flights or like they add, you know, they add the route. And like, right. you know, if you actually want to add that to kind of your forecast input to understand demand, um, yeah, so, so, at some level that that is used. Yeah.
1: I'm going to ask this question. I don't know if it's something that you can't answer because we, we this is a, a pretty heavily debated topic. Uh-oh. Oh. Revenue management when it comes to should you charge more per guest? Let's say you sleep four and then you're like, okay, but it's $20 extra per person. Some people think that's like a smart game to play as far as like making their... So it's like a certain price
0: for two, but then... If you you want the extra four, so
1: because people want to come in again. If you're choosing your rate, if they like, hey, I want to come in at the hundred dollars a night. But if you're going to have four or six people, it goes up to one hundred twenty because they want to come in under that certain budget. When it's you're just looking, do you have any thoughts and feelings about charging per person? Because I know some people do that.
3: It's a tough mechanism because how do you really hold like accountability? That's, yeah, that's to, what I was, was
0: going to say is like, right. But then there, you have honest sneaky about that? out
1: there who will... We think it's just like, know your numbers, know what your nightly rate should be, whatever your guest count is and I mean, we'll go from there. You
3: could do something that's like more around fees because if the if the logic is... When I have two people in this unit, my cleaning is less intense, or something. And then mm-hmm. if I have six people, my cleaning is more intense. So, like, is there a fee to use? I don't know X, Y, Z. Yeah, something. Yeah, it's, if just, that's it's difficult. We, the issue you're trying to like balance, mm-hmm. but something costs you more.
0: We do like a. um if we have a four bedroom home, it's quite large. We have a listing of it for two bedrooms with the cleaning fee that's appropriate. And then we have another listing of the same home, the calendars talk to each other for the four bedroom with the higher cleaning fee. That way, we're gonna attract when people are searching, we're gonna attract the people with the two bedroom price point versus the four bedroom. Sometimes people see it and they're like, hey, I see this listed as this and I have to explain to them because they don't understand what we're doing. But that has worked better for us than the whole, if you trying want to I'll charge f- more. Yeah, per person, because yeah. people
1: just stick people in honestly. And it's like a parent, we call it the parent-child listing and then lock the, yeah. lock the individual doors mm-hmm. um, so they can't, well, because there is you actually cleaning.
3: You will sell it as a, a uh, two-bedroom twice or as a four-bedroom once is what you your two, scenario is. Two
1: bedroom once, four bedroom once. It's 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 one listing. It's one two, home. Yeah, one with home, two listings. Two different so variables. they book it as the two bedroom,
0: the top four bedrooms are just locked off. They can't access them, they're not gonna dirty them up right. and you can't sleep them. You can't use the bedroom. You can't
3: sell the top four separately. no. No,
0: no.
1: no. But I it's see. giving it's giving you more action in the market. Yeah, because a four bedroom, especially like in a metro area like we're in, like especially those Monday through Thursday stays, we might you know you might not have people coming, right. um, but on the weekends that's a like
3: or so a do you only Thursday sell it at four on the weekend?
1: What we do is we leverage this
0: is where this is where the software comes into play really well because they've helped. Like I've got we use Price Labs. I'll just say it. We use Price Labs, and we I got on the phone with one of their. um, Smart people. I don't know what they're actually called, but they're smarter than me. They're price labbers. They're price labbers. (laughs) And they help me where like the four-bedroom listing is available further out than my two-bedroom listing. So we try to book the four-bedroom listing first. But as we get closer to the date, that's when the two-bedroom listing becomes available. And if that's if we need to grab it at the two-bedroom price, then fine. We grab it at the two-bedroom price.
1: Matt listeners is super dynamic pricey. (laughs) No, it's really smart. I mean, and listeners, if you haven't thought of this before, it is an option for you to do. Obviously, there's a little bit of cost involved of putting some, you know, locks on those other doors, but it's well worth it because you're able to not have as many nights that aren't booked and having... I just could
0: Airbnb doesn't give you... I wish they would give you the thing of like, if it's booked at this many people and your price point is... Then your cleaning fee is this, but they don't give you that... Freedom, so you got to create it. So we mm-hmm. kind of, and then your
3: it. your cleaning fee is as much as your rent, and you're like, right? It oh. doesn't work out.
1: I can't stand when the cleaning fee is more than the nightly rate. <laughs> I'm like, this is, I don't know. Well, that's a whole nother episode. Is cleaning it is. fees? <laughs> is. <But> yeah. It's <laughs> well, 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 we might bring now. you back for for that one, but uh, <laughs> Heather, I just, what can you just as we wrap up the episode? Can you just give our listeners like. I love the calendar scenario of, of, of you know, just taking some of your time and sitting down and mapping out. It, 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 do you have any other words of wisdom for them as far as like, you know, what they can do this weekend if they want to carve out some time to put their revenue management hat on? Do you have any like just words of wisdom for them to to get them motivated to to start to dial this in?
3: So, um, I guess if we want to get like specific with something to write down, right. Mm -hmm. Um, there's something called the revenue management cycle and it's, (laughs) it's, uh, four words, forecast, optimize, control, monitor, FOCUM, if you say it fast. Um, but the, the, the idea is that you are doing that constantly, right? So like, if you do that every week or every two weeks, like you decide, but I would say this is what you should do, right? Like those four things should be part of a regular business process for you. So put on your calendar. If even if it's like, I'm going to meet with myself, but if you have a business partner, ideally you like put this on and you're going to run a revenue strategy meeting and you're going to do it once a week or once every two weeks. And maybe it's like 30 minutes. But in that meeting, you sit down and you, and you're going to look at the next 12 months And that's your forecast part. Then you're going to make decisions. The optimized part is where do I need to dial up rate or dial down, you know, high, low. So then we did forecast, optimize. The control part is actually going in and making the changes. That Mm -hmm. might mean building a promotion on Airbnb, right? Mm -hmm. Um, What is the control part? The actual levers you're going to pull. And then you monitor how it's working, right? So then you take those notes. You're like, this is what I did. And then when you meet the next time, you're like, "How did it work?" And then you forecast again, right? And you're like, you go through the cycle, and you you're just proactive, right? Ooh, it's just yep. making the time and the space to be your own revenue manager. Love that. That's that's the jam. No, yeah.
1: that's I. I- I just that I think that's going to help our our listeners when they when they sit down and and again forecast optimize control and monitor and we'll again have those in the the show notes but write those down listeners and you can start to to guide because again revenue management was I didn't like that was I never even knew that that existed before you know obviously it's been out there and I've been a part of several other businesses but this wasn't a term it's more of a hotel um, term so. I just listeners, you're a revenue manager. People, you know, you're out having cocktails or you know networking. I'm, I do revenue management, in my business. <laughs>
3: it's true. So yeah, Heather, and it's everywhere around you too, right? Like you don't even like you know, like your Uber surge pricing and your airlines, right? Like, mm-hmm. you, this, it's everywhere.
1: It is everywhere, and I think um, even if it's it's going in and tweaking a dollar to just just like I think the more you. Uh, are taking action on it, the more comfortable you're going to to get with it too. Uh, so that's exciting. And,
3: and we always say revenue management is an art and a science. Yeah, You want to make data-driven mm. decisions, but there's an art to like, what's the best fit for you and testing things. So...
0: That's you know. what I wanted to say is as much as we think it's this math and yeah. this, like, this like thing where it's numbers and spreadsheets, It also sounds like the thing I've got, the thesis of this entire conversation, Heather, is that, okay, here are some strategies, but then you got to like write it down and see what happens. You, know, you just have to see what happens. And then you have to measure it to last year or to forecast it. I mean, if you're forecasting, you don't know, you don't have a crystal
1: ball. So you, again, you're just, you're mixing. Yeah. I, and is this okay? I know that there are times you look at your numbers for the month, you're like, what the heck? And it's like, I don't even know how those numbers got that high. And then you have other months where you're like, what the heck? That's low, right? Like, I feel like sometimes you're just going to have those times where like, I, there's no explanation. Like, it got, I mean, things were really high and got booked out far out. You know, it's just sometimes I feel like there's months or weeks that are just like, Holy and try smoke. to do Although, you some have digging. that
3: revenue management meeting, <laughs> yeah. that strategy meeting, it won't maybe we will be, be less surprised. <laughs> well, you know. can go back to that you month and fight. see. This, coming. <laughs> this was, I feel like this was low and
0: I missed out on this event. Okay, so mm-hmm. for next year, I have to remember, this is when the soccer team comes back. Or, yeah, when, yeah, B- when Bieber, when when Bieber, Bieber comes, comes in town, town you're ready.
1: <laughs> right? T-Swift and Bieber come. You're ready for
0: them. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, where can our listeners find out more about you? Where can they connect with you if they think like, Heather had some great things to say and I want to know more.
3: Yeah, no, I, um, I'd love to connect from here. So richerlogic.com okay. is our firm. Um, yeah, and we're, we love to do this kind of educational content and interact with folks that just have questions. So don't hesitate to reach out, find us. And yeah, we're on LinkedIn too. So you can find us there. And then yeah, I just have to say um, about the Association for Short-Term Rental Homeowners too. We actually are teaching a revenue management course. Ooh, so okay. every quarter there's like four courses that are taught. It's free for you to check it out. So that one starts next Tuesday, oddly. That's and where, where where
0: where can our listeners go to find out more about that? Are they um, researching your
3: logic or? Yeah. So for the for the revenue management course um, through the association, it's um A-S-T-R-H-O, Association for Short Term Rental Homeowners.org. Perfect. Um, uh, so yeah, my day job is revenue management distribution. My volunteer time is astro. Amazing. So, and listeners,
1: yeah. whenever this airs, you might miss that, but we'll make sure to put the um all the links below so you can Yeah,
0: you
3: like, do it. it you
1: through. do it. You do it
0: more than once, right? Have yeah. the, the the classes you just said that
3: yeah, yeah every quarter. Okay, okay, every okay, quarter okay, that one. Yeah, totally. Right. totally. Right. And if you're part
1: of our community, Heather is going to be one of our insiders here soon. So you guys can ask her very specific questions. But Heather, we cannot thank you enough because this is an invaluable episode for all of our listeners because we hope, um, and please give us feedback after this episode, listeners. If um, I know people listen to the photography one and they're like, oh my gosh, I haven't changed my photos in forever. Please reach out to us and let us know, like, I actually did some revenue management on my properties. Let us know if you made some changes or, you know, took some action after our episode here with Heather. We'd like to hear that. Thank I'd
3: love to stay in contact as you get more questions and feedback because it's new to all of us and... Yeah, I just want to keep learning together. So thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you. you.
0: Thank you so much, Heather. All right, listeners. I am Sarah Karakayan. I am Annette Grant. And together we are Thanks Thanks for visiting. Visiting. We'll talk to you next week.
2: Thanks for listening to the Thanks for Visiting podcast. Head on over to the show notes for this episode at thanksforvisiting.me. If you're looking to take your listing to the next level and show your guests how much you care, be sure to check out our line of thoughtful hosting products, from hosting checklists to custom mugs to toilet paper stickers, we've got you covered. And if you love our show, remember, sharing is caring. Please hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. Awesome reviews help us bring you awesome content. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to hanging out with you next week. Thanks for visiting.
0: ever wonder what it would be like to have personalized guidance from Annette and me? Imagine achieving the same incredible results we helped Amy achieve, increasing her overall revenue by a staggering 187% by diving into her business numbers. Or perhaps you'd love to boost your hosting business like Miranda, who added a fantastic $10,000 by refining her pet policy. Well, here's a the scoop. There's only one way to get that one-on-one support from Annette, myself, our expert coaches, and our industry pros is by attending our on-demand workshop. Trust us, it's worth it. During the workshop, we'll make an offer to all of our attendees to join our membership. Once you're a part of our exclusive membership, you'll gain access to our elite community of hosts in our private Facebook group. This is where the magic truly happens. Members are engaging in discussions about their business numbers, occupancy rates, how to handle guest challenges, and providing unwavering support to one another. Plus... We will have live coaching calls to help you dive deeper into portfolio growth, team building, marketing, and so much more. Don't wait any longer. Head on over to www.hostmasterclass.com right now to secure your spot and embark on this exciting journey with us. That's www.hostmasterclass.com. Trust us, you won't regret it.